okay, take 40,000. <laughs> just see what the scoop is here this morning. Oh my gosh. There's nothing like um, having to practice in front of everybody. Okay, you guys, come on over because we have to get this show on the road, so to speak. But I'll tell you, you know what this reminds me of? Oh, Susan. Hi, how's your Noah's Arcs going? Um, I, I'm very curious about that because, uh, so I was riding this new horse yesterday, uh, one that I'm riding for a friend, actually getting, getting ready for sale. And it was very cool to see if, um, if the Noah's Arcs kind of helped a bit. Julie, hi, good morning. Good morning again. If, if the Noah's Arcs, basically the deal with um, this horse, Charlie, uh, how to join in Facebook. Let's see, well, let's see, Michael. We gotta text Michael. Make sure you're joining, Michael Sparling. And then I'm gonna see if I can add you from viewers, okay? So we'll text him here. Let's see if he's on here. Let's try. Yeah, I can totally add him. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if he realizes that um, it's live on Northwood Farms. Make sure you're viewing, then I can add you. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Oh, this is gonna work. Yes, send invitation. Here we go. Never give up, that's the most important thing. Just keep going. This is a perfect example of that. So it says it's adding Michael. So it'll be really interesting, side note, for all of you guys on Facebook that are have not been watching the Mark show. <laughs> Woo! Wow, that was an adventure. Yes, well, I wonder if we were, are officially going to move over to Facebook. You know, sometimes the universe does this. I was kind of having fun on Instagram. Me too. Me too, but if it's going to if it's going to let us down, what are you going to do? So uh, let me just finish the thing I was saying to Susan about um, the Noah's Arcs on, uh, on this Charlie horse. So it's it's going to be great really really great because i'm not really trying to change his speed or um really anything super dramatic like what we've been using for katniss and yet it was a perfect example of just rolling him into some arcs so that he generally got more balanced and then he got round over his top line, which he's, he's plenty balanced alone. So we didn't have to like practice being able to do it, but you really could have tried to do it with two reins and why bother? Cause super smart horse, super dialed in, no baggage, um, no physical limitations other than being a little bit out of shape. So anyway, I have that, we have that in the can from yesterday, so we'll get that to you guys. But we now have 45 minutes, 32 minutes. So good to talk to you, Derek Jeeves. Uh, 
Noah's Ark's boot camp yesterday. Um, gentleman that a year ago was just very much micromanaging his horse and so keen and so excited and had such great results last year getting on a loose rein feeling the horse not be rushy as soon as he gave him space um you know just getting to where he wasn't holding him back and kind of containing him some one rein stops to get there so this year he's just kind of cruising along on a loose rein but every time he'd pick up a rein he would not wait for the horse to give through his whole body. He was on a loose rein, but he wasn't really on a loose rein because there was a lot of directing with one rein or the other and not, you know, so we were making an arc or we were going in a circle, but we weren't following the rein and turning loose to it. We were going the circle because there was a rein holding us into that shape as if you were on the ground holding the lead rope the horse is not round putting float in there but you're preventing them from leaving so there was a lot of that going on that he didn't realize um so a lot of it was just bringing his awareness to some things um you know he'd be going around the arena and the horse is kind of looking to the outside it's like just let go of that rein like you're not getting him to do anything out of it. he's not going to just crash into the fence like see if he'll straighten out just not trying to hold him off the rail with his nose and so that was, was kind of you know a no-brainer he just had to do it but then you know we're just kind of helping him understand you touch a rein you wait for something to change in their body and so that's all he did first at a walk but then kind of in a in Noah's arcs at the trot wasn't even really Noah's Arcs because there wasn't much variety in the size of the rain. We weren't really looking for him to necessarily, like I didn't really know what was going to show up. You mean in terms of, in terms of the horse, what the horse was going to do? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Until it showed up. In other words, I knew we'd get him, you know, if we waited on him to follow that rain as long as he hung in there long enough, waited for it to come through the whole horse, adjusted the size of the arc a little bit to help him find it. But as soon as the horse turned loose laterally, and this horse is kind of bulging in the underneck, head and ear, from having been held back, from not having ever been encouraged to stretch and get long, lots of holding the rein, not necessarily holding him in or, you know, really getting him crunched up, but just just touching the rein without really waiting on a give, whether it be two reins and it's kind of like, are you asking for a soft feel or aren't you? Because you're kind of, you know, Val, if you're watching, you know, this will resonate with you. You're, you're in contact with the corners of his mouth, but you don't really have, have intent for him to give. You're not waiting on any change. You're just there, right? Um, kind of just a mind thing anyway so whether it be one rain or two there was a lot of contact on the corner of his mouth without waiting for it to come through his whole body so like let's just bring that to your awareness think about that watch for that hang in there till it comes through and as soon as the horse said oh all I do is follow that rain the head came 
down the neck, reached out. He went over his back. And then we're talking kind of sway back horse, had moved very nose in the air, bulging the underneck. And he took care of the rest of it. As soon as he said, boy, the, the thing that works now is not, you know, just kind of bracing on that rein or just wearing the pressure, maybe not even bracing hard, but just waiting for it to come through. And these are, like I said, kind of bigger arcs. It wasn't like we were really challenging. He's a really long horse though. So, you know, wouldn't take very small arc for it to feel like a challenge for him. But it wasn't like we were really pushing on it. It was just waiting on him. And so that was just pretty cool how much it just changed the shape of him longitudinally. And, and uh, it's exactly what I was just saying yeah. about the Charlie horse I was riding. Pretty much. Exactly. Oh, and I love your, your uh, the, the phrasing, wearing the pressure. We need to remember that. That is perfect. A perfect way to say exactly what that means. I love it. Um, yeah. And the, the only, before we change uh, topics or, or you keep going, I would just say like on a sway back long horse, which is exactly, exactly the one I was riding yesterday. He's not sway back because he's old or anything like that. He's just been out to pasture and he's kind of long. Yeah. But what occurred to me yesterday when I was doing the exact same thing, although he's not accustomed to wearing pressure because Debbie and Lisa have ridden him and that's it, you know, well, a couple other people, but not, you know, he hasn't had anything bad or amateurish. Um, but if I had used two reins, the, the, you know, once again, the angles from, let's say, the head of the horse to the tail of the horse, it's just not, you just can't fold it in the right, you know, it's just going to be messed up. So it has to go laterally first because the, the length of the rainbow has to, has to be long in order for the back to come up. Like mm -hmm. you cannot shorten the rectangle with two reins in any way because it's, it's just going to fold in a, in a, detrimental way yeah yeah continue it's gonna, it's gonna kink yes somewhere. yeah yes um yeah so then after <clears throat> and after and the horse turned loose to that we were getting him kind of not leaning which that was his you know concern or his frustration he's just leaning and I'm like don't worry about him leaning just wait for him to turn loose laterally and then the lean will take care of itself. And it did, went over his back. And then from there, this is not a horse that has had a soft field go through his whole body, really at all. Maybe has some understanding to give, although there's a lot of wearing pressure before giving, largely because the pressure was so loose, it was just touching the corners of his mouth. It was kind of encouraged to ignore it half the time and wear the pressure. Um, but then it was like, okay, now let's pick up two reins and kind of wait on a little bit more of a, a change. I don't know, we've had it on an arc. I'm not sure where I, I like thinking back on it 
we went to okay now let's go around the arena <clears throat> bigger arcs and let's start asking him to soften i think it was <clears throat> more just helping with that outside rain to say no let's stay soft let's stay soft because it was <clears throat> when he lose it the arcs were getting better but it would still take him a while and i and i just wanted um <clears throat> nick to start to get the feel of waiting on him because at first he was you know kind of busy with his hands trying to work him in um and i was like no just wait and then i wanted him to have the feel of giving him the space because he felt that on one rein like he really got long when he got round and kind of balanced up and the interesting thing too it wasn't the change of direction that was balancing up it was just waiting for him to turn loose to that rein and then he he kind of put himself to the outside or at least stopped leaning because there wasn't anything to lean on in terms of the rein or he decided not to lean right there's still something to lean on if he had decided to keep doing that anyway so then <clears throat> so now let's pick up two reins instead of waiting for that same kind of scoping out a little bit but a lot of what he and the horse had as a pattern is he'd pick up two reins the horse would kind of give at the pole lower his head but then was behind the vertical and it's like no when he kind of comes down you have to give him the space to stretch out there um <clears throat> and so he did that that took a little bit of a, a i mean he he was the same as last year kind of like right on this stuff like he's a he's a long-term rider an inventor like he's he knows how to stay on the back of a horse he's not hanging on to oh, reins sure. in order Stay in the middle of the horse. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the way he's handled the reins hasn't been conducive to some of what we're adjusting here. So he's just all over, completely able to adjust whatever I'm asking to do, which makes it really easy um, or, or pretty nice. Um, so we got that going at a trot and was kind of getting the feel for that um, on the arcs, on one rein. Kind of just flowing forward helping him to incorporate that outside rein and get a response that was more through the whole body um then his main question was canners because the horse wouldn't maintain gait was because he was dropping his shoulder in the canner and was a little either rushy or not maintaining gait and so, so that took a little bit more him figuring out where to be because the horse kind of was going like this and he had his hands stable he wasn't trying to move his hands with the horse's mouth his hands were stable but because the horse was kind of doing this mm -hmm. it was bumping into his hands with every stride didn't try to adjust that immediately i was kind of just feeling out what he was going to get and i said make sure you're doing the same thing you did at the trot let him, when he kind of lengthens or comes down, I said, let him lower his head, but then give him space when he does. And then it's like, well, the goal, understand, is not for him to get lower, but he has to let go of his underneck in order to eventually we'll kind of pick it up. Um, so anyway, that, that was getting there. And at the end, we were kind of, you know, somewhat out of course, and we'll work at it again today. We were talking about 
what did he have to do to adjust so he wasn't kind of running into the horse with each stride? <clears throat> and I said, oh, we'll have to see tomorrow, but I think what we're going to want to do, I just want to see how the horse responds to it and what it, how it comes across and the way he presents it and we'll adjust from there. But say, take a little bit more so there's not that bumping into it like where there's a steady feel and it might feel like you're holding a lot and the, you have to have the feeling not of holding him in, but of I'm holding you here. So there's something consistent. And then same thing when you kind of give, as opposed to being up here, bouncing against the rain every time, when you give a little, I'm going to give you space. And anyway, worked out, you got both leads, you know, the transitions were a little bit kind of inside out, but the horse was very responsive to try to make the transition. So he made it there and things smoothed out really nicely in the canter. And so I don't know, it was kind of a, a loose Noah's Ark incorporating the outside rain, kind of trying to help adjust how that was being offered and some really nice stuff came together. So when he was bouncing, was that was that at trot or at canter or in the more trot? so at, more so at the in at the, the camp. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because so much of that is the horse figuring out how to use its hocks. Yeah. Right. That that, that and so our our goal is to just get that idea across to them, right? And then mm -hmm. and then allow them to do it set it up blah 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 right? but sometimes that's trickier than than other other things so susan had asked me a question about essentially which rain um and remind me which, susan, which think, rain what i think think a little bit which rain to use when or if this is happening, would you do X? And I suppose we should talk about it more in pieces. And we would say, okay, so this is follow a rain firstly. First, firstly. And then it has to do with, you know, um, not sticking the outside nostril up and out. And the horse Willow um, kind of wants to turn herself inside out and just get a little tense, particularly in transitions or the other other day for whatever reason was really rushy even when she was softer she wasn't I mean when she was not inside out and up here she was just chargy for whatever reason bend in the hawk yes that would be why exactly mm -hmm. um or lack anyway so she needed more help with the outside range she wasn't mm -hmm. finding it because she just was going to be up here kind of fighting that yeah that's, so that's you know Noah's arcs, you're working toward it being 
off the inside rein. You're giving him a chance, like we did with Nick's horse yesterday, to kind of find it off the inside rein. Um, but that's why I kind of said, you know, let's start incorporating learning how to present that outside rein so you have that as a tool. So to a degree, it's kind of where the horse needs help. Yeah, and and sometimes it, you, I feel like there are times when I might need to be super strong with two reins. It mm -hmm. looks like two reins, like really strong. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where the arc, A, allows the horse to go forward because you're not just blocking them front to back. And then the most, um, well, kind of unique is what I would say of the arc is that then you can push the slack and the horse is apt to be able to at least carry it for a step or two if you're if your timing is pretty good which it is easier to do on a curve because then it's apt to carry a little bit longer even if you're just using a step or two of the curve but yeah you might have to get really, really strong with two reins if the horse thinks that 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 the answer is, you know, to brace more, which from what you're saying of, of Nick, he's obviously a good rider and is very mindful. So although the horse was wearing that contact, so to speak, he wasn't super defensive. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he was defensive. He just, he was not cons understanding mm -hmm. because there wasn't anything to understand that giving would give him something back. He would get something in return. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of cool how much Nick has adjusted in one day. Because the first day I'm like, you know, just kind of ride around, show me what you remember from last year, what you've been working on. And I mean, lateral flexion was just grab and pull, pretty crude. The hindquarter yield, yes, the hind leg was moving, but it was just all schwack and out of balance. Even though we'd just been working out of, you know, on kind of balancing that up on the ground, um, getting him to the outside of his body, you know, all this stuff. When he got in the saddle, his hands were just kind of doing, getting the horse to do it. But as soon as I pointed it out, he was like, it adjusted completely and it, it changed everything. But yeah, horse wasn't, he's a very easygoing, willing horse. Um, there, there was just not clarity in what specifically the goal was. And sometimes if you're like at a fork in the road, kind of, like is what it sounds like from, from the horse's perspective. Mm -hmm. It's nice if they're if they're sort of willing to follow mm -hmm. the new idea versus diving off <laughs> mm. the other way. But it's or when you or when you bring in a little bit more, like I was saying, we're probably gonna do today in the in the canner to prevent that bouncing, rather than feeling a little bit more and fighting harder. It kind of opened the idea of exploring softening which because a lot of times nick was releasing for softening it just wasn't the awareness wasn't there that 
every time he'd pick up the rain, he would wait for her to go through the horse and soften. So are you going, are you thinking that you're going to have him pick up the canters on, on a smaller curve, like using like a smaller arc to help at least give a few steps of not bouncing or how are you thinking of? Um, I don't know what I said yesterday is there's stuff to clean up, you know, obviously in the transition but the horse made it there, knew what was being asked, tried to get there, didn't really know how to make that transition properly because the hawks weren't really engaged. A smaller arc might get us there, but my, my gut says, don't worry about the transition per se, because the horse is taking care of that. Help him know where we're going because that seemed pretty accessible to help him soften within the, and that's the same as it was with Willow. It's like, no, we're not going to let you just bounce up here in the transition, but you know, it's going to be a little rough. And then at first kind of really fighting that. And like you said, it might be pretty firm at first saying, I'm not going to let you just turn yourself inside out, but waiting for her to, to soften and round. I think that's where we're going to go with Nick. It's like, we'll get to the cleaning up this transition a little bit once we can bend hocks and flow forward on the circle itself. So I don't know if that's, what are you thinking? Is that not, is that well, different than only... how you're, because again, a real long horse, you know, maybe going back to the trot and trying to shorten up that arc, you know. That okay, so can happen. he do, can he do walk canter? Mm, not sure. Probably based on how he tried to get from to the canter from the trot. Although he did say, you know, after the work we'd done at the trot, his transition and canter to the right, Right, even though there was a lot we were trying to adjust, was more consistent than it had probably ever been. And he maintained gait better than he has. So it's interesting to, um, I don't know, sometimes I think that the transition itself can show a horse how to use their hawks for propulsion mm -hmm. is it, it's, it's well, easy that's, to... that's what we've done with the catness mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. oh. yeah and exactly with catness it it is like okay you know you can do it for a stride or two mm -hmm. and then absolutely you're 100 percent right so then the way that we've used the noah's arcs with her mm -hmm. is the canter to part to because she, you you know she can have a few strides and then when she breaks gate which is what she's gonna do because she knows it's not rushing forward then changing direction and using as much or as little of a curve as you as you need to but like with her it's is you're right is a really good example of saying okay follow a rain but you sometimes you have to be super 
insistent with the outside rain as well to say you know all you're trying to do is say use your hawks mm -hmm. that that is the beginning and if you could just sit there and be like <laughs> and meditate on like then you wouldn't even have to do anything because they're gonna start doing it that's why they're bobbing mm -hmm. right with it with the head is because because they're not using their hawks so that so the whole point however we do it is to say propel your propel yourself across the ground with your hawks and balance left to right well what would we say we would say at least don't harm your ability like it, your, the hawks have to work in can they can't be stiff one side to the other otherwise you're definitely going to have to be making horsey you're definitely going to have to be making that adjustment to to try to stay on course with your shoulders if your hawks aren't bending evenly so, yeah. so propulsion and then lateral balance I mean, that's really, that's all we're doing, but that's a little bit why I like the curve for the canter part. And sometimes a pretty small, like, like you said, what, what we're doing with Katniss, a pretty small, AKA challenging curve. Mm-hmm. Although with this horse that I was riding yesterday, he, he's not overcoming a downhill or really, really open hawk situation. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of, it's the same thing, communicating to him, use your hawks. But my, my hunch with this horse is, given the length, given how much he still has a, a patterned way of going, being bulging in the underneck and his nose going out, even though we're shifting that fairly quickly, to tighten up the arc much with, you know, kind of a not a rudimentary, but a very fresh understanding, not a very consistent understanding to soften to that inside rein. I mean, let's just even put it this way. I knew his goal was to work on, you know, this canter transition, but, you know, just moving freely in the canter without rushing or breaking gait. Generally speaking, <laughs> I'm going to be like, we need to get all these pieces in play and really good before we get there. So it's like day three, let's, you know, before we're totally out of time or out of horse, let's see where we are with this. Let's try this now that we've got all, for whatever reason, yesterday I'm like, okay, let's just kind of click through these things. We got some changes now. Let's just see where it is. You know, we, we don't have all of the pieces as solid as they could be, but this is your goal you've made really nice changes really nice adjustments the horse is responding let's see whether this is something we can work on or if it's just an utter disaster and it's like we have to go back and improve the foundation pieces 
So it wasn't like we had in the bank complete understanding the horse turning loose is a pretty consistent pattern. All of the foundational pieces. So to to tighten that, that arc felt like he was going to feel restricted, even mm -hmm. though there was an arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and less so as we spend more time getting more consistent bending rather than leaning on the rein first and then bending, you know, getting comfortable and used to being encouraged and given space to flow forward. All of that improving is going to make available us putting a little deeper arc in there without him feeling like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're also dealing with the sensitivity or the awareness of, you know, you or I riding him, feeling little changes, knowing exactly when to open up, you know, to encourage that. With Nick, it's kind of like he's he's getting it, but a lot of times it's like, okay, give him space. Like I'm having to yeah, yeah. help him do it, you know, help him find the right timing. So Yeah. Okay, so then let's talk about if you were riding this horse and not trying to coach, you know, if, if there was not a third party in between, what are you thinking that you would? Um, probably, I mean, first and foremost, the things I would... improve before going there because it you know I, I just wouldn't even be attempting it without improving more in both on the ground and in the walk and trot is wrapping around the inside leg um <laughs> right? i'm just laughing because because i was thinking this yesterday so i'm on this big long horse right yeah and my legs it's quite a mismatch like yeah. top three of the horses i ride it's physically a mismatch you know yeah. even though zorro is technically taller like his shape is just a rinse on my leg so i'm up there um thinking oh michael would be doing this very differently yeah <laughs> like especially in his in his one rain stop you know because i'm trying to get that hacky sack feeling in my hand mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, kind of like you know adding a suggestion with my leg yeah. there's no kicking him over I, I, it's, it still eludes me and like i said it's it's because i don't have to do it but <laughs> like on a level i understand intellectually what you're doing but i'm just like get off my leg you know <laughs> so i don't it, it's easy to get it done that way <laughs> and why not I, yeah. don't see, I don't see any downside to it if you can accomplish that. And yet that's, man, I've been thinking about that. One of the other and gal that's in boot camp and then with Brody, because I've actually been riding Brody kind of any time I'm doing a lesson and he's got a lesson coming up or he's just been in a lesson, I'll hop on him and because he's kind of really bogging down and 
some unhelpful places and just trying to get him tuned up because I have some students that are ready to ask more of him, but they're having a hard time getting more of him because he's not super responsive. Anyway, I've been writing him and trying to coach some of these people to the next level of no, like insist on more. Now that you have position, you have mechanics, you, you're aware of different things, you can see more. Don't get little changes and allow, allow it to peter out. Like, say, Brody, we're doing this. So we have Brody. We have this gal yesterday with her three-year-old mare who's kind of very sensitive, but she's you know doing a lot of applying pressure and not quite getting changes. So she could very easily, over time, dull this horse out a bit, right? Horse will get alive pretty quick if you have a little bit more presence and follow through. But anyway, it's like, in the spirit of moving toward active neutral, doing it as just directing movement rather than increasing pressure and saying do this physically coming in with you know negative reinforcement physical follow-through the way a horse might say dude you're <laughs> you're not moving out of my space like i'm in charge i'm gonna bite you in the ass now go right um so i'm just you know how how many years have i said like come on firm up like get a change which a lot of times is kind of if people are a little more passive or hesitant or don't want to go there because it just doesn't feel right they need to kind of be encouraged to initiate something but like how do you communicate that and yet help them understand philosophically that that's not what the goal is but then as they understand it philosophically like this is what i want still being able to go but i'm going to follow through and i'm going to insist and there might be something physical here that says come on because if i'm just wishing for us to kind of be together and then i get wishy-washy we're taking it in the wrong direction so it's this kind of tension between brody <laughs> go All right i'm gonna put you in a little bit of a bind here and say change something and i'm not gonna let you just blow me off right because i'm effective with my legs or whatever the hell you would do in terms of you know he's not so big that your legs wouldn't you know reach down a little ways right any case what i would trying to help help people because i'm working with kim who's mm -hmm. horsemanship insider and she's doing amazing yeah like huge changes in the last month she's doing the boot camp as well and yesterday i was like not to puff you up too much and just fuck up your boot camp but you are doing so good like you've got your horse absolutely understands the united arc even when you're adjusting adding asking for more um 
you know, adjusting the shape a little bit to balance it a little bit more. She's not going ah, more pressure and leaving the United Arc, you know, which is so typical as you're like going fix, 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 the horse can go, oh, you're fixing, but you're not quite being effective or you're letting me go for a while and then you're fixing and the horse can just kind of get fed up with it and you're trying so hard to get this United Arc, but they're just kind of continuing to drift off of it. Um, so, I mean, you just saw it, not like it once and for all clicked, but there's just such a difference from where it was a little while ago. But what's, um, I'm just kind of running off into a few tangents here. So bear with me, I'll hopefully get back to where I'm starting. You have five minutes. Oh, fuck. So, um, I don't know, I maybe have shared this before. Levi does not get out of bed, but he hates being rushed. So I have to like coax him out of bed. I have to like start asking him questions about his day and saying, what are you going to wear? And like poking and prodding at him without like it being too aggressive and just like slowly wake him up. Because if you're like, get out of bed, then he's just like angry and slams his head down and covers the head. So it's like, you have to finesse that. And it will take less time, but you're really slowly bringing him into an awake, ready to move state, right? So Kim, this is the other thing yesterday. I was like, spot on. You know, we've been talking for a while, Abejo's kind of half asleep and she just pretty quietly, was like, like, let's come alive, like wake up and now let's go over here. But there wasn't sluggishness about it, but there also wasn't a, hey, let's go, get alive. So it was kind of finding that spot of we're going to do this together. I'm going to invite you to do it, even though I've had to, to get to this point, say at times, come on, do something. I'm not going to beg at you and not get any, anything. So it was re really nice to see her just kind of softly get her going. But then the result was her going, I'm on a United Arc. Kim said, give me a little more. And she's just like, okay. And pretty soon we're just motoring around our United Arc and adjusting things and working hindquarter fork. You know, anyway, so I don't know how that related to all of the other conversation, except to say Kim is doing a very nice job. And that's kind of cool. I think it was the horse finding it to where you are not avoiding the fact that there is negative reinforcement and you might have to say, come on, but then shaping that into and finding the feel to say, but let's do this together. Like the back and forth between those two to where you're trending in one direction. And I feel like Kim's doing a nice job of that. So we, we should talk about that more because that's been very much on my mind lately with the horses I'm working with the folks I'm helping at boot camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And partially it's attitude, right? Yeah. Partially it's like, look, you can't, you got to do something. Yeah. It's okay. If you don't know the answer, mm -hmm. I will show you. Yeah. And I'm not going to get you from not doing anything to doing the thing perfectly. Right. You yeah. don't have to just do something and then we're going to shape it. And so 
back to the like the the super clean horse versus a horse that has a bunch of experiences and then all the gradients in between you know you know that that whole piece of the puzzle is is absent in the clean horse because they don't know anything about not doing anything mm -hmm. they're gonna do something and so then it's all about shaping 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 versus there are times when the horse had, thinks they should do nothing or doesn't know the answer and therefore is is going to have a, several different options mm -hmm. when they don't know the mm -hmm. answer so which is part of why a while ago when you were talking about getting pieces in in order and how do you philosophically get that idea to a person while saying hey you, you still have to get your horse to do something. Yeah. And back to you and I's difference in our body style. But what we would both do is like, you can't be out the back of the rectangle. That, mm -hmm. that is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be in front of my leg so that we can do things then. Yeah. And whether or not I have to manufacture lateral a little bit more with my hand, however it, works like we have to we have to have forward but the philosophical thing it is i feel like that's pretty easy to explain to someone and and then it's our job as coaches just to help them not lose faith in that and the way to not lose faith in it is to understand the steps between where you are and where you're going to go because i have you run into a situation where the next step is not achievable right it's like now you might have to be like hey do something but mm -hmm. it's it's close enough and and suits the horse well enough that they're going they're going to make it mm -hmm. and then once they make it that first little you know lily pad to lily pad or onto the first lily pad you know they make it then when you're insisting like you've got to do something as the horse believes more and more and more this is this is going to work and it suits me mm -hmm. th then setting it up and letting the horse find it becomes more and more possible yeah and, and of course then you get to the cool part of the of the horse of you presenting a and c and the horse comes up with b or a to h you know but at first and again on a clean one they don't know any different they they might think you know and hopefully you don't let them down mm -hmm. but on a horse that has learned to sort of wear wear pressure or or you know protect themselves in, in any way yeah then anyway ratcheting it back from we're at this place where I have this idea and you're doing this. There's an ocean, some, well, depends, you know, there's something in between. And so no amount, this is, this is what you and I keep talking about over the years is no amount of hammering from where you are is going to get you where you want to go. Zero amount. It's just going to get you. If you have to say, Hey, do something, it's going to get you to that first little section. But then the horse has to do and then, it. And then you have to be like, yeah, okay, perfect. So now these things all fit together. 
Mm -hmm. I'm distracted because I have to go. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, we made it on uh, on Facebook. So let's see if I can save this. You go ahead, Michael. I'll wrap it up. Have an All awesome right. day. Tell everyone I said hi. Okay. Good. See you Have later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. So as Michael leaves, I'm just going to say thanks, everybody, for moving from Instagram. So for those of you guys that have watched this on Facebook, uh, Michael and I are live every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, live on the evolution of a girl on Instagram. We've been doing that for two years, I think, something crazy like that. However, it did not work this morning, so we switched over to Facebook Live. We'll see how this goes. Who knows whether we'll like it or not. But um, I appreciate everyone coming over from Instagram this morning. It's been great to have you. If anyone wants to know where the show was, <laughs> tell them where it is is additionally so i'll say goodbye everybody so we'll see you next thursday morning let's presume we're, we're gonna do it on on instagram as usual so and then i will also just mention for those of you guys that are watching on northwood farms or have been in the 2023 northwood farms 12-week horsemanship challenge in january then you are invited to the 4321 fall throwdown which is coming up on september 23rd Anyone who is in this year's challenge is invited. So the way you're gonna to get to that is there'll be a link to the new group in this year's challenge page. And we're gonna pick one horse and in the 43 days before the time changes, we'll spend 21 hours with that one horse. And the cool, the fun part about the throwdown is that you can, it's much more casual so you can pick any horse you want, doesn't matter if they're started or not started, it can be a little baby foal because you can spend your 21 hours however you like. So that's coming up. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good week.